Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today I want to talk to you in this series, the title of my message is called Spiders and Chucky, Spiders and Chucky, and this is going to be a series where we're talking about fear, right? And so next week we're going to talk a little bit about the armor of God and learning not to fight naked, right, but like fight, like learn to fight. Your enemy's not just going to go away. It's not going to just leave you alone. But today I want to talk to you about something that drives me nuts in scary movies, in horror movies that you see all the time. It drives me nuts is that most of the time and most, how many of you like scary movies out there? Like I'm a fan, right? Like I'm not talking demonic stuff. Some of you like that's messed up. Don't go watch those. Um, But like a good scary movie, I'm in. Um, But what happens in scary movies that drives me absolutely crazy is they run away the whole time. They're running away from the thing that is scaring them the whole time, and I understand if it's got a chainsaw, but like some of these things like are like 125 pounds dripping wet, and you're running away from this little girl that's crawling around on all fours like some spike. Kick her, right? Like you are a 300-pound man. If you come crawling at me like a spider, you deserve to be kicked in the face, right? So I'm just letting you know, like, like, like what are we doing here? Stop running and like address it, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because there's a lot of us, we're spending our life right now running away from issues, running away from people, and as a result, you're exhausted today. You're, you're mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, you're spent. Because all you've been doing is running instead of turning to face what is scaring you. And, and to illustrate this point, when I was a teenager, my dad was out in the backyard, and he was doing some yard work. And how many of you remember, like, the coach's shorts, the bike ones that were totally inappropriate that every man wore? You know what I'm talking about? They had the pockets you couldn't put anything in. Um, my dad was in those and a T-shirt. And we had this big, giant German shepherd, a white German shepherd named Frosty. And my dad's I think he's raking leaves or something like that. And all of a sudden, there is a tarantula that comes crawling towards him. Um, and if you don't know what a tarantula looks like, it's, it's this right here, right? So some of you are like, please take it off. It's going to be up there a while, so just get over it for a moment, right? So it's time to address your fears instead of running from them. And so my dad, my dad's like, okay, like he's not going to pick it up, but he wasn't going to run away from it. So he went and got a shovel. I'm in the, I'm in the house watching all this, by the way. Um, as a teenager, I'm like, okay, let's see what, what you do, dad. And so he goes and grabs this shovel. And he goes, and um, he, he's approaching it very cautious, right, because my dad wanted to make sure that I knew that, that tarantulas can jump at you, which I'm like, okay, that's interesting, good, keep going, dad. And so he gets the shovel, and right as he's getting ready to come and deliver the death blow to this tarantula spider, right, bike shorts, coach's shorts, right, he goes like this, and my German shepherd dog 
goes up and just puts his wet, cold nose on the back of my dad's leg. And when he did, my dad goes, ah, like this, takes off, starts running after the dog. I thought he was going to kill my dog. I'm like, don't kill my dog, Dad, you know. Um, and, like, I mean, he just took off. I don't blame him, right? Like, you and I would have done the exact same thing, even if there was no spider involved, right? Like, but that there was a spider involved, he, he had the courage to address it. And right when he's addressing it, boom, frosty hits, Right? And isn't that us? So many times we have an issue, we have a problem, we have a person, we've got a conversation that we need to address, we need to go and talk to or go talk, you know, address, and we get the courage and we think this is going to be the day. This is going to be the week, this is going to be the month, this is going to be the moment, because I know Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming around, so we're going to have to talk sometime, right? Like, and, and I'm, I'm going I'm to handle it. And right when you go to handle it, something freaks you out. Something intimidates you, and what do you do? You end up running away again. And our scripture for this series, it's, it's going to be your memory verse for the month, okay? How many of you guys remember memory verses? Like, this is good. So, so memorize the word. Let the word, the more you get into the word, the more the word gets into you, right? So Psalms 56, verses 3 through 4 out of the New Living Translation says this, But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? And this is like the Gandalf moment. Like this is like Gandalf's reading the scripture. What can mere mortals do to me, right? Like what, what can people really do to me? Now, if you're a teenager, that's a little different, but what can mere mortals do to me? And, and here's what the Bible is saying. But when I'm afraid, not if, right? I, I love the honesty of the scripture because it's saying you're going to get afraid, there's going to be moments where fear hits your life. And men, we don't like to say that we're afraid or we're scared. We're stressed. Right? We're anxious. Because that sounds a lot more manly than I'm scared. Right? But some of you, you, you are dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with stress. And you can dress it up however you want to call it. But today, the simple truth is you're afraid. You're scared, and fear has a grip on your life. And the, the, David is saying this, King David is saying, but when, I, when those moments hit, when I am afraid, I'm going to trust in you. And if I trust in you, then what do I have to be afraid of? And if I trust in you, then I can turn and address situations and problems and people and things that I am really Afraid of. So if this verse is going to be a reality, it enables us to do something, and it's my first point today. It enables us to stop avoiding and start approaching. Right? If we're not going to live our life like we're in a horror movie, if we're not going to do what we know we shouldn't do in a scary movie, why are we doing it in life? And some of us this morning, there needs to be a moment, there needs to be a check that happens where you stop running away, you stop avoiding the things and you start approaching and confronting the things. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And most of us, we have heard this scripture, but I want to break down the word spirit for us just a little bit. And you know I'm not a big Greek guy, but I want to break down the word spirit in the Greek. And it comes from a word called pneuma which means this, a disposition or influence which fills and governs the soul. 
Disposition. If you're like me, you're like, well, what does disposition mean? I think I know, but what does it mean? It means temperament or nature, right? Well, what does govern mean? It means to rule or to have control over. So this is what this scripture is saying. I love when you get into it and you kind of hear what it's really saying and the word comes to life. For God has not given us a temperament or a nature that fills and rules and controls our life that is full of fear and timidity, but... He fills us with his nature, which rules over our soul with power, love, and self-discipline. Man, what a big difference. He doesn't give us a nature that fills and governs and rules our life that is full of fear and timidity, but he fills us instead with his nature because we're not called to live a self-led life. We are called to live a spirit-led life, right? And he fills us with his nature that governs, right, that rules and controls our life, that leads us to operating out of love and power and self discipline. But the real truth is for a lot of us, we have a spirit of fear controlling us, right? And we're running instead of addressing. We're ignoring. Here, here, here's my favorite. We ignore the monster that's chasing us and just hope it stops chasing us. That is the worst strategy in a horror movie ever, right? I'm just going to hide. Like, I'm just going to hide right here and hope it doesn't find me. It's going to find you every time, Right? And just like you wouldn't do that in a horror movie, we do the same thing in life. And here's what we run from. Right? We run from our past. Well, what, what, what if people find out what I did and who I was? Let, let's flesh this out, parents. What if my kids find out? You know, I, I, my, I want my kids to hold me here. Well, you know what you're doing by running from your past? You're enabling the enemy to use your past against you instead of the Lord to use it for his glory. Right? And some of you, you need to stop running from your past. And man, you need to allow the Lord to use your past for his glory. You need to start approaching it instead of avoiding it. Some of us were running from unforgiveness. Well, if I, uh, if I, if I forgive them... Is that saying it's okay? No, it's not. It's never saying what they did to you is okay. But, but some of us, our unforgiveness has become part of our identity, right? What was done to me is the reason my life is the way it is, and it's become my identity. And if I let go of that, just like Jesus said to the paralyzed man, do you want to get well, right? Why did he ask the paralyzed man? Because it came, a, that's how he made his living, and that was his identity. Do you want to get well? And today the question is, do you really want to get well, or do you just want to keep holding on to unforgiveness? Is it more about your identity, or do you want to start going towards what you need to confront instead of holding to and running away from forgiveness? Others of us, it is the unknown. It's the what-ifs of life, right? And can I tell you, what-ifs are the devil's playground, right? What-ifs always leads to a spirit of fear and timidity. And what-ifs govern, they rule over your life, over your peace, and God didn't fill you with that nature. That's just your self-led nature. That's just our tendency. What, 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 if, what, what if? You go to the doctor. Justin, we need to see you back. You got a mysterious mole. And that ain't nothing. I got something else I'll show you, right? Like, like, like what if? Can I tell you, I, I get the what ifs every time 
I go to the dentist. I, I, I love my dentist, Courtney Johnson. You're awesome. She goes to our church, right? But I hate going to the dentist. Like, they take my blood pressure every time. I'm like, it's going to be high. I guarantee you. Like, we may need to take you to the hospital. No, you don't. You just need to get me out of the dentist's office, and I will be fine, right? Because I'm sitting there going, what if I need a crown? What if I need, what if you floss? Justin, I do floss. Shut up, right? Like, just my default of my teeth. Um, anyways. But we play what if with our kids, we play what if with our marriage, we play what if with our jobs, we play what if with our future, and there's unknowns that we don't know about that are wreaking havoc on your peace, and you're not living life with love and power and a sound mind and self-discipline, you're living it in fear and timidity because you are letting the unknowns just wreak havoc in your life. Change. Like all, all you people that are 40 and above, think of cell phone change. Like you fight it, you put it off as far as you can because you're like, what if I lose my pictures? It's in the cloud, it's okay, really? It's like a progressive commercial, right? Like, like don't be like your parents. Like, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Your, your pictures are in the cloud. What's the cloud? And we'll talk later. Um, but, right, we, we fight change. We get nervous about change. You don't believe me? Just wait till political season. Oh, wait, it's always political season, Right? And then the last one, people. There's certain people you're avoiding because you know you need to have a talk with them. There's certain relatives you're avoiding. You ghost them. Hey, some of you, you're ghosting us. You've, you signed up to serve like a few weeks ago. We're calling you and you're treating us like your psycho ex-girlfriend. Stop it. Text us back and call us. That's a sub-note. Okay, so. You're anxious. I'm just anxious about serving. Don't be, right? We'll make it easy. We'll make it easy. But there's some people you're avoiding, and you're nervous, and you're anxious about, and you know you need to go, because nothing's going to get better until you start addressing. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says this, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety, right? There's that word again, trusting. Can I tell you, every time you trust the Lord, it leads to more peace, Right, But every time you start avoiding what you know you need to address, it leads to more anxiety and more fear and leads to you being exhausted because you're living your life running. And here's the big problem with this. Problems unaddressed become issues. When it comes to, to avoiding conflict, when it comes to not confronting, when it not, comes to not dealing with fear, and you're running away, hear me, problems unaddressed become issues. Think of dirty dishes right now, Right? If you address the dirty dishes right when you're done cooking, it is a lot, lot easier to clean up. I know this, but I don't do this, right? Instead, I wait till my sink's full of dirty dishes. I'm like, well, Casey, that sink's really full. She's like, I sure cook a lot. I'm like, okay, I'm on it, right? So I'm like, and most of the time she does the dishes too. She's awesome, right? But, but I know better. I know, I'm like, dummy, now i got to let this thing soak, and it's going to sit there, and I've got to really work. i got to use my biceps, right? I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And you're just trying to clean. You're like, does your dishwasher, you got a dishwasher? I'm right, but I want my dishes clean. I don't, like, I don't want some, like, remnant left over from the clean dish. Oh, it looks good enough. No, that's not good enough. If you've got last dinner on your dishes, clean your dishes, right? Just do it right. So, anyways. And if we, get, if we approach the dishes right off the bat, it's a lot easier to deal with because you just got a problem, you ain't got an issue. Can I tell you, there's a lot of us, we haven't dealt with the problem, and it's become an issue. Now, there's a big difference between a problem and an issue. Second Samuel chapters 13 through 19, go back and read them, right? We don't have time for it. 
King David has a problem he doesn't address, and it becomes an issue. Here's, here's the problem. He's got, first off, he's got way too many kids. And he's got a son named Amnon that has the hots for his daughter, Tamar. Amnon is a stepbrother to Tamar. Yuck, right? So, he's got the hots for Tamar and is like making himself sick. And so he talks David into Tamar taking care of Amnon so that he can possibly coerce her to sleep with him. So, David sends Tamar in there to take care of Amnon. Amnon makes his pass. Tamar's like, ew, gross, yuck, right? Like, ugh. And like takes off, and she's total ick moment, and she's running away, and instead of letting her run away, he rapes her. Right? This is the Bible. You're like, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Right. And you know what it says David did? It said David got angry. Okay, awesome, David. That's all he did. He just got angry. Didn't say that he ever took action. Didn't say that he disciplined, that he killed, I'd kill my son, right? Like you would too. You'd be like, you're dead, right? And because there was no action taken, enters Absalom, right? Which is Tamar's brother. And Absalom's like, oh, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get even, right? Like we're, we're going we're to make this right. And he invites his brother to a party, kills his brother, and it eventually leads to Absalom overthrowing his father, leading into a civil war. And all of a sudden, what was a problem turned into an issue, all because David let a, a problem turn into something way bigger. Anytime you keep running from a problem, if you leave a problem unaddressed, it's going to turn into something way bigger. It's going to turn into something that is an issue. That's going to take a lot more time, a lot more talks, a lot more effort on your end than if you would have addressed it in the first place, right? I always say it this way. Don't let a bad decision have babies. Don't let it just keep multiplying because it will. Address it. Get to it. I got to tell you, one of the dumbest movies that's out, that, that I've never watched one because I just can't, is the movie Chucky, the Chucky series, Right? And here's why I can't wrap my brain around this, because it's about a little baby doll that runs around with a knife killing people. This. Like, like, you're going to, like, if I see a baby doll running after me with a, a knife, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to drop kick this thing into the wall, right? I'm going to rip its head off. I'm going to stuff it. Because, I mean, even if it's got a grip, even if this thing comes to life, it can't be that strong. It's a baby, right? Like, like, it makes no sense to run away and allow this thing to wreak havoc, right, and create chaos when it's something I can, I mean, just kick the dumb thing. Like, get out of here, baby, right? Like, get, what are we doing? And some of us, we have issues. I just kicked a baby on stage, right? Like, some of us, we're, we've, got, we've got problems that if we're, it's not a, it shouldn't be creating the chaos you've allowed it to create, right? Don't let your problems turn into issues because you're busy running. 2 Timothy 1.7, again, for God hasn't given us a temperament or nature that fills and controls our life that is full of fear and timidity, but he fills us with his nature which rules over our soul with power, love, and self-discipline. So here's what I want to tell you today. Here's what I want to leave you with today. Learn this. Learn to choose to be courageous and powerful 
instead of fearful and timid. Choose to be courageous and powerful instead of fearful and timid. I love what Nelson Mandela said. He said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And maybe you're here today and say, Justin, but I just don't have it. I don't have it in me. That's fine. You have something way bigger than yourself in your soul. And David said this in Psalms 27, verse 1, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress or the stronghold of my life, right? Protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Wait patiently for the Lord. Can I tell you, sometimes it takes courage just to wait on the Lord, right? So that you can get wisdom and understanding what to do. It's not that you're, put, that you're putting it off or you're just trying to never get to it, but you're waiting patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Hear me. Today, if the Lord is your light, if he's the one that has saved you, he's the one that is guiding you, then why should you be afraid? Right? Because his promise is this in John. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Right? If you're staying plugged into the vine, whether the conditions are optimal or, man, they're stressful, you can still be fruitful in how you are living your life. And, man, you and I, we've got to at some point choose to let our spirit be led by the Holy Spirit instead of us leading ourselves because that's a horrible way for us to live. The Lord is my light. And my salvation. So, because of this, hear me, because of this, because we're choosing to be courageous and powerful instead of timid and fearful, there's some of us, you need to go confront things that you've been running from. Right? This is a message about confrontation. Yay! Because everybody loves confrontation, right? And here's what I found. There are some of us, we love confrontation. You're weird. And there's some of us, we don't like confrontation, Right? And and what I have found out is most of us don't know how to do confrontation well at all. So as a result, we don't do it at all. And and if you're good at confrontation but you lose a relationship and it's because you lost it, man, there's some tips I want to give you. If there's some of you that you, you just don't want to do it because you don't know how to do confrontation, let me give you three things that will help you confront And go towards what's chasing you and what you've been avoiding instead of running away from it. The first thing is this. Stay calm and don't lose your temper. Stay calm and don't lose your temper. It's a great laugh. Keep your head. Because what I can tell you is this. If you lose your temper, you lose every time. Right? If you lose your temper, you lose every time. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. And I would tell you this. If you don't control your temper, your temper controls you. Right? And it never leads you to the result. You know, you never say something you really love when you're angry. You only say things most of the time that you regret. You're not like, man, I was really wise when I was losing it out on that football field, right? Like, when I was screaming at my TV, I sounded brilliant. No, you didn't, right? Control your temper because anger labels you a fool. If you can't have the discussion, if you can't confront without losing it, 
You need to wait patiently for the Lord. Right? You need to, because here's what I can promise you. The moment you go to confront the person that you're confronting is going to make it really personal. They're going to make it really emotional. And are you prepared for that? Because what I would advise you in is prepare for the worst and pray for the best. Well, that doesn't sound very nice. No, it sounds really wise, though. Prepare for the worst, pray for the best, and control your temper. The second thing is this. Stick to the ducks and don't chase squirrels. Stick to the ducks and don't chase squirrels. What do you mean? Facts or ducks, right? Get your ducks all in a row before you go and have a tough discussion and conversation. Don't engage in something that's emotional or address something that you've been avoiding that you haven't taken time to get the facts about. Proverbs 18, verse 13. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. If you are an emotional confronter, if you're an emotional, uh, like, start your conversations and start addressing topics and start confronting things emotionally, can I tell you, you become the squirrel that's in the road while you're trying to drive. You ever been driving and a squirrel gets in the road, right? It's like this, and then it's like this, and then it's like this, and this, and then it dives under your car. You're like, just run off the side of the road, dummy, right? And if you swerve to miss it, you're going to be the one that gets damaged. That's your emotions. Your emotions are the squirrel. They go up, they go down, they go around, they go around. I'm feeling this today, I'm feeling that today, I'm feeling this today, I'm feeling that today. And I'm just talking about the 40-year-old men in the building, right? Like we're all over the place. And if, <laughs> and if we're not careful, we will become emotional in our confrontation instead of factual. And get the facts Man, and stick to the facts and get them all ready because when you say, hey, this happened, and hey, this happened, and this happened, then you can come to the place where you've lined it all out because you got your ducks and you stuck to the ducks where you can say this, and it made me feel like this. It's a way better way to address what you've been running from. Last thing I would say is this. Is addressing a situation is a start, but it isn't always the final solution. I wish, I wish this wasn't true. Right? I wish that if you had the courage to approach and to confront a situation, your past, you had the courage to approach and confront forgiveness, you had the courage to approach and confront a person, a conversation change the unknown that one time would do it. But that's just not how life works. right? And, so, and sometimes it may only take once, but a lot of times it takes more than once. And one talk is a start, but it's usually not the finish line. I remember when Casey and I, um, we were celebrating our five-year of marriage. Um, we just celebrated 24 in September. This is a long time ago. So we're five years. We don't have kids. And I was working a ton. And as a result, I was never home. And I would, I would be like, Casey would be like, hey, I want to spend time together. I'm like, well, we had teenagers over Tuesday night. We were together Wednesday night at youth. We were at this game Thursday night. I'm like, we're together all the time. What are you talking about, right? Like, we're, we're together. She's like, no, like, we need to go on dates and just have some time away from teenagers to where it's just you and I. And I'm like, okay, we'll get there. And I just kept working. And I kept working because I was afraid, right? that I was going to fail. 
And so the way I knew not to fail was to work hard and to work too much and to get unbalanced. And as a result, it created havoc and it created chaos in my marriage. And nothing happened. It's just Casey got done. And it never became apparent to me until our five-year anniversary trip. And I started talking about having kids. And she's like, I'm not having kids with you. I'm like, what? You having them with someone else that I don't know about? Because what? <laughs> right? Like, what's going on? And she's like, you're never home. And it's the first time ever in our marriage that I remember Casey being distant and Casey being cold. And, and uh, it, I mean, we made it five years, right? This is supposed to be a victory lap. All right? She put up with me for five years. This should be, I, I remember a lady coming up not too long ago to Casey. He's like, he must be a joy to live with. I'm not. Um, I'm a mess to live with, right? And I, I remember, like, like, I was like, hey, wh- you know, where are we at? And I'll change, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. And you know what? While we had a tough conversation, it didn't fix it. Because there was hurt on her end. There was disappointment on her end. She didn't feel like a priority on her end. And we had to keep talking about it. And we had to keep addressing it. And we had to have some really tough conversations, to be honest, that hurt my feelings. Because I wasn't the husband that I should have been. And we're great, right? She put up with me for a whole lot more years now. But there was a season that almost took us a year to dig our way out of, to keep confronting, to keep having hard conversations because here's the problem. Us just hoping it got better wasn't going to get it better. And some of you, that's your strategy. You're just hoping that life magically gets better. And so instead, you're going to run. And you wouldn't do that in a horror movie. It drives you crazy in a scary movie, so why would you do that in life? Just hoping that it gets better is not a biblical, godly wise way to live your life. The wiser way to live, the more biblical way to live is by you starting to have tough conversations. By you starting to approach instead of avoid. As you starting to work hard for what you know God has called you to. Because running, man, that's not a solution. Running shouldn't be an option. It's time for some of you to have that spirit that nature that God puts in us that governs and rules our life that gives us power, that gives us love and self-discipline. So let's close today. Psalms 56. But when I'm afraid, when I'm unsure, when I'm nervous, I will put my trust in you. Where are you putting your trust? Because a wise way is to lean into him today and to trust him even when it's scary. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray for that person today that's here in the building, that person that's watching at home online. They've been ignoring, they've been hoping that it gets better. But Lord, they've just been avoiding because it's going to be uncomfortable. We're not sure about how it's going to go down. And it, it, it makes us nervous and it makes us scared. And here's the problem. By us avoiding it, we just obsess over it. And it ruins our peace. It ruins our joy. 
because we're anxious about everything. And we're letting what-ifs wreak havoc in our life because we're, un, we're not willing to address what is scary. But Lord, I pray today that today is the day we stop running and we start approaching. We stop running and we start confronting what it is. And some of us, it's just uh, confronting the honest part of where we're at in life, who we've been and what we've let go too far. There's some of us that we've let problems turn into issues. And Lord, those issues aren't going to get better if we don't approach it and confront it. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would not have a self-led spirit that fills and governs us and rules our life with fear and timidity, but we will put our trust in you. So why should we be afraid? Because when we put our trust in you, your spirit comes in and it governs and it rules our life that produces power, love, and self-discipline. That's the better way to live. That's what we desire the most. So, Lord, let us do the hard thing. Let us stop running and let us live life out in a powerful, courageous way so that it may be lived out in such a way that it brings you glory. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.